Hello, you are listening to Desert Island Fun Picks. The following podcast was recorded on the 10th of March, before the government lockdown was put in place and in the midst of the market turmoil. But I hope, through these unprecedented times, you'll enjoy listening to the podcast. Hello, I'm Theo Andrew, reporter for CityWide Wealth Manager. Welcome to our new podcast series, Desert Island Fun Picks, where I'll be asking top wealth manager CIOs which five funds they would choose if they were cast away to a desert island. Joining me today, I have Rory McPherson from Sigma, Head of Investment Strategy. Rory, thank you for coming into the studio. Thanks for having me along. Hey, Theo. Um, so I think we just have to start. We're sitting here on the day after Black Monday, the most extreme sort of market fall since 2008. Uh, and yeah, essentially in the midst of corona and, and falling oil prices, what What's your sort of current outlook on the market and, and, and when's, it, when's it going to end? When's it going to end? That's a million dollar question. Um, look, I mean, the, the market's obviously, obviously fallen from what we thought were very overbought levels. So, you know, you go back to kind of uh, sort of mid-February, you had the US market, the most expensive it had been since 2002. It was most overbought it had been um, in knocking on nine years. So there was clearly, it was clearly going to be knocked off course very easily. And we've had that with the kind of, outburst of coronavirus, COVID-19, and also the double whammy effect of the oil price collapse and the sort of the, the, the potential price war between Saudis and Russia. So, you know, I, I guess the question then becomes, is it is now a time to be buying? We've been edging in for our clients, selling the stuff that we think is has got to overstretch levels, in particular sort of government bonds, and buying into the more sort of cyclical bits of the market, just, you know, small increments, because I think it is going to run on for for, a good period of time, um, but edging into those parts of the market, which look um, aggressively oversold. You know, we're now 20% down for the year in markets like the UK and Japan. Um, When is it going to end? You know, I think we need to see more capitulation. So you've still got the um, more expensive parts of the equity market holding up best and I think you probably need to see some capitulation out of the sort of technology names into them the more beaten up names before um, you get the the, the the big rally again but with the stimulus one would expect that to come but you know until the all clear is sounded on the COVID-19 we're not going to have it until then. See it could be could be a long while before we have any any more certainty on a on a personal note have you been stockpiling or? I haven't been stockpiling I haven't been stockpiling so I'll, I'll be um I'll be shaking my colleagues down for their um, kind of pasta and, <laughs> and hand sanitizer if it gets to that. I see. Hopefully not. Fingers fingers crossed. Um, great. So let's let's move on to your your fun picks. Yeah. Um, do you want to just give a brief overview of, of why you've selected these five funds and and um, yeah, sort of what what are your kind of metrics for for selection? Essentially? Yeah. So so. Sigma Investment Management, we run a, a pretty tight buy list. So we have about 32 funds on the buy list. So it's, so it's pretty tight. What I've tried to do is to pick one from each of the themes that we have. So defense, hunt for yield, protection, exposure to emerging markets and thematic, thematic equities as well. Um, so hopefully we've got a good mix and something that represents what, what we try and do at Sigma. Fantastic. Um, so let's let's start with your first fund. It's the Allianz Strategic Bond Fund. Um this is managed by CityWire A-rated Mike Riddle and Casper Bresniak. It's got one million assets under management. I mean, do you want to, do you want to tell us a bit more of why, why you've chosen this? Yeah, so, so we like this. I mean, so Mike and Casper, we rate extremely highly. I think they're fantastic managers. And we actually own the, the Gilt Fund, which is run by um, Mike previously um, at, at Allianz and rotated into this um, last summer. 
Um, and like this fund because it gives them more flexibility. So, you know, one of the big bets that you buy when you buy a defensive bond fund, and we, that's what we see this as, is that bond yields fall, you make money. With this fund, it gives them that they're not um, handcuffed to that trade. So they can be very flexible around the interest rate exposure. They can be long or short credit and they can play currencies as well. So that to us gives them lots of levers that they can pull to make money. You know, this year would be a good example in that, like a lot of people, they started the year pretty constructive on the economy, had very low exposure to interest rates and some exposure to emerging market currencies. They switched that round very quickly and have boosted up their interest rate exposure very high um, and have been short credits. So they've made good money in the sell-off and they've now looked to temper that a little bit and reduce some of the short they've got in credit markets. So essentially they can move very quickly and um, lots of levers they can pull to, to make money. So they're quite nimble in the way they very much, they can very approach. Much. Um, brilliant. And so just, just as reference, their return is 18.1% over three years versus the market average of 12.6%. Um, and I guess in the current climate and things like will will that sort of ability to be to be quite nimble will that that play to their benefit? In yeah, it's it, it's really helped. I mean, so so for this year, for instance, so so we sit here today with gilt yields at about 0.25 um, as, as 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 we're doing the the interview, and they have you know they started the year with about four years duration. They got it up to about ten. So they've been very good at switching that that dial very quickly, and you know return space there. Um, neck and neck with the gilt markets, up close to 11% for, for, for the year so far. But the nice comfort for us is that we now don't look at, you know, they're not locked into um, the movements of the of the gilt yield um, and they can make money through lots of different sources, so currencies and, and, and credit markets. Um, so, you know, they can be flexible, they can be nimble. Fantastic. Moving on to your second fund pick is 24 Asset Back to Income run by Douglas Charleston and Rob Ford. Um, why, have you, why have you selected this fund? Yeah, so, so 24 are a manager that we sort of, one of our top picks within the credit space and particularly sort of esoteric credits. So um, we think broad-based credit markets, so if you think of investment grade or high yield markets, are um, not particularly attractive. I mean, spreads have blown out massively in, in, in high yield markets now. They're above sort of 2018 levels but a lot of that's driven by energy so this we would we would sit alongside um, or instead of actually a high yield investment it's a similar credit rating but it's much lower risk because it has no interest rate duration so in fact the interest rate duration of this portfolio is zero um, and what it's exposed to is a mix of consumer credit in the form of residential mortgages and corporate credit in the form of collateralized loan, loan obligations. So what we get from it is a yield of about 6%, which up until the last two days has been a lot better than what you get in high yield markets. High yield markets, you can now get 7.5%, but a lot of that is attributable to energy companies, which have 15% um, you know, of the index, which have blown out significantly. This has no exposure to the energy market. Um, so yield of about 6%, very stable. And for us, it's a much better trade-off than owning high yield so since we've owned that it's given us returns of 70 percent 70 percent greater than high yield with less than 70 percent of the risk so a relatively low risk way of getting good yield um you mentioned collateralized loan obligations there clos um obviously sort of the crux of the 2008 crash is there is there a stigma attached to to, to that to the, those sorts of investments definitely definitely um, th 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 there still is um, and people don't like them and you know 
that's part of the attraction for us is that it's it's in the price. Um, people don't want to own them, so you get paid a better yield. And in fact, you know, all of the mortgage loans within this portfolio are UK or European based, where the lending standards are very tight and the um, the sort of capital ratios of, of, of the banks and building societies that own them um, are extremely high. So for us, they are you know very safe assets and w- with a very good yield. So there's much more security there than there was 12 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> and it's different. It's different. You know, yeah. this is this is UK versus US. Yeah. I guess with that, let's go on to your third fund, the Leg Mason Rare Infrastructure Fund, um, managed by Nick Langley and Shane Hersey. Uh, so yeah, give us give us a brief overview of this. Yes, so this is a um, a sort of thematic equity fund that we own for primarily for for, for the income. It has lots of exposure to um, utilities, so regulated utilities in particular. Um, Unlike a lot of infrastructure managers, the exposure to energy is very low. So what that means is it has very good defensive characteristics um, and has been, you know, it, because of that, it, it's been a very good performer for us, particularly in times of stress. The managers themselves, so um, Nick and Shane, have been very good at rotating the portfolio as well. So early this year, they had a lot of exposure to electric utilities in the US, rotated out of that into um, cheaper parts of the market. They've now rotated back into the electric utilities in the, in the US that have sold off heavily in the, in, in the last couple of weeks. So very active approach. Um, and have generally been very good at preserving capital whilst giving us an income of 5%, which in today's world is is, is extremely attractive. Mm. Um, so just looking at its its returns over three years, it's 31.3% versus um, a sector average of 30.8%. Um, I mean, you mentioned sort of the insights of the fund there. I mean, could you give just a bit more of an idea of what the key differentiators of, of this fund to other other infrastructure and alternative funds. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess there's the, the, there's two things that stand out. One, the energy weightings in this fund are, are considerably lower, so very low weightings to energy. Um, it's also extremely liquid, so it's not like a infrastructure trust where you'll be buying hard physical assets. These are all um, listed equity securities. Um, so those those are really the, the, the key differences for us. There's also you know th- there's a big focus on um, cash flow um, modelling as well, which which the team we think have superior skill in, um, and that that's borne out by the numbers. Fantastic. Um, right, let's move on to your fourth fund pick, which is Fidelity Emerging Markets Total Return Debt Fund, um, managed by Eric Wong and Steve Ellis. Um, it's got an AUM of close to a billion euros, nine hundred fifty-eight million euros. Um, yeah, tell us tell us more. Yes, yeah, so this is a relatively new fund for us. So it's one we've alloc- allocated to in the last couple of weeks and we switched out of a um, more foot-to-the-floor emerging market manager. Um, we like the Fidelity team because they have a um, very structured approach. So it blends hard currency debt, so hard currency corporate and hard currency sovereign debt, with local debt. So a very kind of stringent process around that. Lots of cash flow modelling for, for, for the economies and the countries. And it, what the team have done, and what we think that they're, they're extremely good at, is um, getting good risk-adjusted returns. So they've been very good in market downturns without giving up too much on the upside as well. So a very good, steady, eddy approach to investing in emerging market debt. And they have the flexibility to tilt between 
local currency, hard currency, um, which we think is which we think is attractive as well. Great. And you mentioned uh, you, you switched from a more foot, foot to the floor manager. Would you be able to tell us who? that was yeah the, 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 the manager we had was ashmore which had a fair bit more local debt um this is you know less local debt m- more hard currency the yield is still very good so you know the yield of this fund is around six percent um with you know a d- decent amount of duration as well but it's duration in countries where generally they're easing debt levels aren't super high so we think that's that's an attractive place to be um is it is there a in terms of allocation in emerging markets where 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 are they more it's it's, it's, it's it's very broad based. So um, Latin America, Europe, Middle East, Asia, um, you know the, the the full gamut without big biases to um, you know the, the 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 more distressed parts of the market. So Latin America would, would be an obvious one there. Fantastic, um, and that has returned fourteen point two percent versus ten point eight percent sector average over three years. Um, and your final final fund, um, the Newberger U.S. Equity Putwire. Fund run by Derek Devons and Rory Ewing. Um, it's got an AUM of five hundred and sixty-seven million dollars. Uh, tell us, tell us more. Yeah, so the, so the put right fund from from Newberger is for us a defensive way of getting exposure to the U.S. equity market. So we use it to complement our, our U.S. equity managers, and it's it's a it's recognition of the fact that we think the U.S. market is the most expensive and is probably the most prone to a to a, to a downdraft. Um, so, you know, specifically what this fund does is it gets exposure to the US market by selling puts, so if you like, selling insurance on the premise that people tend to overpay for insurance. So when, you know, the, the sweet spot for this fund is time like now, when you get big spikes in the VIX. So yesterday you had the VIX spiking up to um, around 60, which is, you know, hasn't been that high since 2008. Um, and that's when they make the most money from selling these insurance options. So it cushions their returns. So the put option, that gives them the right to, to sell at a certain price. Is, 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 is yes, right? well, they're selling that to someone else. It gives someone yeah. else the, the, the right to sell at a certain price. So by selling, by writing the put option, they are giving um, someone else the, the option of getting out of the market and us as the investor exposure to the market. But we get cushioned by the price that they can sell it for, the price is driven by the level of volatility in the market. So if you have a, a year like last year, when everything goes up in pretty much a straight line, um, they're not going to make much money from selling their options. So you get you know, US equity type returns, um, but you don't get much on top of that. Whereas now, because volatility is high and you can make lots of money from selling this insurance, um, they're getting lots of cushion. So we would expect in this type of environment for them to have about 50% of the downside of, of, of the US market um, and then you know, bank that return from selling the options at a higher price. Um, very generally, we, you know, we expect this fund to have a, um, a beta or a link, if you like, to the US equity market of somewhere between 0.2, 0.2 and 0.8. So typically, it's around 0.5. Um, so it allows you to participate in the upside, but lots of cushion on the on, on the downside as well, which is very important to us. And it gives us optionality then in terms of when we do have a downdraft like now, which we think has you know several legs to it, um, it's going to be something that's going to hold it hold up reasonably well. And if we see opportunities, we can take money from this and put it somewhere else. Is it is it a fund you moved into because of the current market volatility, or were you, were you already there? Before? We've been there for a couple of years, um, but it's been 
the, the, the reason that we, and we work with, with Newberger in sort of bringing this over to, 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 to the UK market was because we felt that the US was prone to um, setbacks and wanted to have defensive exposure to it. Fantastic. Yeah, it's not it's not one I've really come across in 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 the UK. Essentially, I don't know if it's if it, is it is it widely widely known over here or is it is it kind of. Um, I would say it's it, it's still fairly f fairly niche. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's the, 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 there's definitely some holders of it and, and people are, are, are warming to it. But um, but no, I mean, I think it's I think it's still fairly niche. Brilliant. Okay. Thank you, Rory. There there are your five funds on on your desert island. Um, just maybe one question. One question to, to end. Do you um, do you have a particular music that you like investing to, or is it that like investing it, to? Yeah, is there is there anything that gets the juices flowing when you're <laughs> when you're? I don't know about it. Um, at work. No, I don't. I mean, you know, I'm quite, quite boring. I don't tend to, <laughs> to, to tend to listen to to, to music. It's at harder work. in the office, I guess. Yeah, you're, you're and then at home, it's things like. Um, Hey Tiger and the Grand Old Duke of York these days, so <laughs> <laughs> nothing, nothing too racy. <laughs> Fantastic, um, brilliant. Well, yeah, thank you so much for joining us, Rory. Cheers. Not at all. Thanks for having me. Thanks.